I usually go to the park and I'm very friendly, so I like talking to everybody. And Menchie's a sweet, very, very sweet dog, and he would never bite anybody. He bit okay. two dogs that day. Yeah, he according to uh, okay, hold on. I, I, no, there's no question pending for you, Chris, Mr. Christopher. This is the plaintiff, Christopher. He says the defendant's dog walker wasn't paying attention at the dog park, and his beast attacked his poor dog, Brooklyn. The injuries were gruesome. The defendant's fully at fault, and he wants the $1,089.98 he's owed so he can pay the vet bills off. This is the defendant, Scott Rockwork. He says... Everyone was in the dog park. The dogs were roaming around about 35 feet away. And there are no witnesses to any so-called attack. And he simply owes this guy nothing. He's accused of causing a doggy some harm. All parties, please raise your right hand. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Million in our forum, the People's Court. The People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Million is not presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. All right, Mr. Christopher, you uh, are suing Mr. Rockwork for $1,089 in unpaid vet bills. He paid part of it, but won't pay the rest. And according That's to correct. you, uh, his dog attacked your dog at a dog park. Is that correct? That is correct. All right. Now, you weren't physically present at the time, right? Your dog was being walked by a dog walker? Yes. Do you have But the... I do have a witness that was at the park. Okay. And why don't you have the dog walker? Uh, because he refused to be involved in it. Okay. All right. So let me hear from your witness. I want to hear from somebody who actually saw what happened. So go ahead and, all right. Okay. What's your name, sir? Anthony Piergrassi, judge. Okay. What did you see that day? Uh, when I arrived at the dog park around 4 p.m., there was a, a girl, Renee, that was there with her dog and two other dogs. Um, I brought my dog in, you know, said hi to Renee, was getting water and for the dogs. And I heard a scuffle over the side and... I didn't actually see it, but her dog had lunged and, and bit at my dog. You know, my dog's ears were down, his tail was between his legs, and he was scared. And uh, I kind of walked over and checked him out. I didn't really see any damage, but I brought him over away from them just to, to calm him down a little bit. Moments later, Pax, the dog walker for Christopher Park, showed up. He had his dogs and several other dogs that he watches regularly with him. He come walking up, but as I'm saying hi to Pax, I visually watched one of the dogs that she was watching. Uh, that who was watching, her. Renee? There was the girl, Renee, yes, ma'am. Okay, so Mr. Rockwork, you also were not at the park, correct? Yes, Your Honor. All right, do you happen to have your dog walker here to testify? Yes, I do, Your Honor. Let me move seats. Yeah, that'd be great. Okay, Mr. Pierre Grassi, so you visually saw one of the dogs that Renee, who is the defendant's dog walker, was watching. You visually saw one of the dogs do what? He bite. He bit Brooklyn. And uh, Brooklyn is the plaintiff's Brooklyn. dog. Yes, ma'am. Okay, go on. And the, the dog took off running across the park, screaming, whining, yelping, like it was in a lot of pain. Uh, Pax, the the plaintiff's dog walker, and I were were calling Brooklyn over, and she very hesitantly came to us, and we gave her a good look over, and there was a huge gash on the one side 
it looked probably three by inches by four inches and there was another hole in the other side as well about the size of a nickel and in brooklyn was visually shook up and which just didn't want to go anywhere near the dogs all right did you talk to renee at all the dog walker for the defendant i, I did renee's a, a young girl um she's a very nice girl I, I she's she's a little special judge you know not to be disrespectful but all she was doing was like asking the dog, why would you do this? Why would you do this? And All right. So I, uh, let me hear from your witness, Renee. Hello. What's your name? I'm Renee. Okay. Last name? Beton. Okay. Tell me what happened that day. Well, what happened was we were, I had three dogs with me. I had Daisy and I had Charlie and Menchie. So when we went to the dog park, it was just the three of us and we were all playing. And then Pax came and then um, we were all playing together. And then Brooklyn was actually bothering Menchie first. And no one, and what was it? And they didn't really like see anyone bite Brooklyn. Everyone said that Brooklyn was bite, but she didn't really get bit from Menchie because um, Menchie was just playing with all of them. And then all of a sudden we just heard like a whimper and we didn't even see who it was from. Okay. So uh, if I understand your testimony correctly, you did not see what happened, is what you're saying? No. All right. What do you know what someone else saw? How can you tell me nobody saw? We were all talking. I was talking to Pax and I was talking to everybody like I usually do. I usually go to the park and I'm very friendly. So I like talking to everybody. And Menchie's a sweet, very, very sweet dog. And he would never bite anybody. He bit okay. two dogs that day. Yeah, he bit according to uh, Okay, my hold dog. on. I, I, no, there's no question pending for you, Chris, Mr. Christopher. Can I ask you a question? Um, according to um, the witness, whose dog, what's your dog's name? Mine? Bruno. Have- uh, Bruno is your dog? Bruno's my dog. Okay. Are you telling me that, that Menchi never growled at Bruno? I didn't, I didn't see. Uh, when I was walking in, I did not see them bite each other. I took Menchie into the dog park. I didn't ask you that. Did How is it that you realized that something did happen, that a dog was injured? Everybody kept saying that um, Menchie bit Brooklyn. and But I thought I you said that it. nobody saw anything. You're the only one who seems to not have seen anything. Every, if you're saying everybody kept saying it, is there a chance maybe everybody saw it and that's why they're all yelling it all at once? All right, tell me what you know. You, you get word that something happened how? Okay, I'm at work. My, I get a call from Renee, says... There was a dog fight. They say Menchie bit his dog. And she goes, I don't know. I didn't see. And I go, which dog? And she tells me it's Brooklyn. I know this animal, right? And I go, and she goes, the guy wants to talk to you. He's threatening threatening me. And I'm very nice. What do you mean threatening her? What, what, wait, wait, wait. I did not uh, threaten a, her. Mr. Christopher, you will know I am talking to you because I will say Mr. Christopher and I will ask you a question. You can't just yell out every time you're unhappy. Mr. Rockwork, oh, he threatened her. What does that mean? What exactly did she tell her, you? Your Honor, I think she should address that and not me. No, I'm asking you what she told you, so you should address that. Threatened to have her arrested, to tell, go to her parents and have them arrested, call the police, sue her. Okay, now I want Renee you to switch back with it. Renee. Switch back with Renee. Hello. Hi, Renee. Did someone tell you you were going to be arrested? Chris told me that if I didn't bring him the money, he would arrest my mom. Okay, and my hold, dad. And he, okay, and hold on one second. Chris wasn't even out there. No, on the phone when we were talking. Okay, so you spoke to Chris on the phone and he told you what? I, he told me my parents would be arrested if I didn't bring the money. And I told him that I don't want any part in it. 
I said, I don't want any part. It's up to you and Scott. And he said, I had to bring him half. That I had to bring him half. Hold on one second. Mr. Christopher, did you ever, did you ever? Uh, that's, that's a lie. First of all, you can't even get arrested for something like that. Why well, would I say Clearly, that? but because some Can people are jerks. I don't know if you are. I'm saying some people would well, say that. I'm a that. jerk, but I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm a, I'm a jerk, but I would never say something like I would not Did you have any conversation? Okay, for, when we say little girl, Renee, how old are you? I'm 20 almost. Oh, okay. So, Mr. Christopher, can I ask you a question? Did you have any conversation with her on the phone? Yeah, I had a brief conversation because Anthony and her mother spoke. So he said that her parents said that they would pay the bill and they had a discussion at the park. Right. And then when I went to speak with Renee and when I saw her at the park, I said, well, she was telling me like when I went, she went to give me the money. She told me that like her parents, she didn't want her parents to okay, know. I'm sorry. I'm not understanding you. When you said when she went to give you the money, was there a point in time? Scott and her decided they were going to pay the first vet bill. So they paid the first vet bill. Oh, so she physically she said, brought Scott's money. She, is what yeah. So she about. was okay. like, let's meet at the park. So and then, then she what, told me she didn't want her to parents your to know. Your, what, ha what did happen to your animal? There was a wound, but they didn't stitch it up, correct? No, they stitched it up. And it started to get infected and it didn't take because the skin died. Okay. That initially was sewn together. Okay. Because it was a weird shape. Okay. And then what they had to do was unstitch it and clean it. Until the it. stitch got healthy yeah. again, and then I've, they cut I've around it. I've looked through the and reports, and I've back. seen the pictures. Yeah. Let me hear from Mr. Rockwork again. Can you please switch with him? Yes, thank you. Thank you, honey. Hello, okay. Your Honor. All right, so Mr. Rockwork, have you been to the dog park? Yes, I have, and I, I know his dog. I know this animal. Every time my dog would smell mm -hmm. this animal's junk, it would turn around and growl and snap at my dog. I have essentially one witness in front of me who actually saw what happened. Okay. I'm trying to understand what you think Bruno, the owner of Bruno's dog, Anthony, it, what, what, what motive would he have to lie here today? Have you had a problem with him in the past or? I have no idea who this person is, but he committed perjury because he just stated that he noticed the dog bite immediately. In his testimony here, it says a few days, I noticed an area of skin on Bruno that was infected. But his testimony 10 minutes ago was, I noticed it there no, in the it park. Was, no, okay, hold on one second. Brooklyn was Stop, bit. stop, Mr. Sorry. Christopher, nobody's asking you a yep. question. Anthony, what did you want to say to that? What they're doing is they're making, mixing up my dog with Chris's dog. Right. My dog that, is Bruno. Stop, Chris that's exactly what I thought. Go ahead. I didn't see my dog get bit. No, I heard the scuffle, but that's why I didn't file any claims or charges because I didn't visually see it. I did watch it. Attack Chris's dog. See, Renee you understand, Mr. Rockwork, that what he's saying is yes, that he I later he found... No, he was talking about his own dog, and he found injury on it, but since he didn't see it, he didn't make a claim against you, but he did see yeah. that, you know, so that's that's what he's saying. So tell me why else I should disbelieve him. Well, I thought he was talking about his own okay. dog. And, and why did you pay the first bill or... and then not the other ones? Well, he called me up and he's my dog went and I go, okay, I'm at work right now. I can't talk. When I when I got off of work, I called him and I said, I'll pay this bill, but it's a one-time event. Oh, watch this. Did he ever say that? Okay. That see when I got home. Here, here's and I how had it that works though. When you when when talk you, about perjury. When you want to end up perjury. everybody stop. Stop. I don't really care if that was said by you. 
I care if it was agreed to by him. So I'm going to need to see something where he waives any ability to sue you for subsequent bills if you're saying he waived that. Because under Florida law, you are responsible for anything that your dog, any damage your dog commits. So if that's the case and you're telling me, you know, the law allows people to waive things, okay, then you're going to have to prove the waiver. And you don't have a waiver, do you? Your Honor, you agreed to that at one time only. Okay. But because I gave my word after I heard what happened with Renee, okay, I told him I would do it, and I keep my word. And I said, I, I said I will pay the vet bill. But what did you I got hear home, from I Renee the, that made you feel you should pay the vet bill? Everybody was saying that he bit him. Nobody saw it, and she said meant okay. she was acting. Mr. Rockworth, you have absolutely no evidence that of what other people, other people's eyeballs saw or didn't see. The only witness in this room is Anthony who tells me, not only did I see it, Judge, but I think he bit my dog, but because I didn't see it with my own eyes, I'm not filing a claim against him for my dog. That's the guy I'm listening to. Verdict for the plaintiff, $1,089.98. Your Honor, my dog is not aggressive. Watch the videos. He plays with every dog in the park. Christopher, let me ask you, how you feel about this now? I think the judge did a great job. And, uh, you know, I think the guy was lying through his teeth. You know, it's interesting. You had a witness who was really very beneficial to your case. I know uh, Anthony's still there. Anthony, let me ask you, how, you know, it's interesting that you didn't file some kind of a lawsuit against him if you think his dog bit your dog as well. Why didn't you? Because I didn't see it. You know, I heard it, but I didn't see it. And it just didn't seem right. Yeah, well, I guess, you know, the defendant's really lucky you didn't file a suit against him. Christopher, let me ask you something else. Number one, we haven't heard how your dog is. How is he now? She's great. And uh, yeah, she, everybody at the dog park knows my dog and then my dog is a submissive dog. So whatever this guy was talking about is total. All right. Well, listen, congratulations. You're going to get your money, the $1,089. And uh, I'm glad your dog's doing better. All right. Harvey. You know, Doug, we've talked about the leash law before. Uh, Dogs have to be on a leash in public, but judges typically make an exception when there's a dog park and all of the dogs are off leash, and then the key is, was the dog properly supervised? I need to have an appliance repair person come to my house, but I want to make sure they're vaccinated. If I make this known to them before they come and ask them to bring proof of vaccination and an ID or a driver's license so I can check it, and then they come, but they don't provide the proof that I need, can they still charge me for the visit? You know, uh, I think she is perfectly entitled to demand um, that anybody who enters her house be, you know, it's her house. She can make any decision that she wants, so long as it's beforehand and it's agreed upon. For example, if she has proof that she said, please do not come unless X, and they say, yeah, no problem, or they receive it and ignore her. uh, I think she's on firm ground to say, I'm not letting you in. You didn't follow what I said, and I'm not paying you for your visit. Right. Listen, I'm the wrong guy to ask about appliance repair people because I've had some bad experiences. We have had some bad experiences (laughs) in the past few years. that's where I really miss your father. May he rest in peace. Because the guy was like 88 years old. Taking dryers apart. Taking the dryer apart. He's like, well, something would break. And he'd be like, no, 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 I can fix it. He'd be like, there's only like three things that can go wrong in these. And he he knew all of them even times. (laughs) This is the plaintiff, Thomas David Schneller. He says he was hired to install new shutters and an awning on the defendant's house. And the woman is stiffing him big time. 
She's trying to get a job free. He refuses to be scammed, and a friend of his sister's or no friend, he's suing for the $3,000 in materials and labor he's owed. This is the defendant, Kira Kiefer. She says the plaintiff botched the job by making the awning too small. And when it rains, her porch gets wet. Who wants an awning that doesn't cover a porch and protect it from the rain? Not her. Oh, and for his shoddy workmanship? No way. She's accused of being all wet. The defendant has filed a countersuit for $1,350, the cost to remove the inferior awning and fix the job. All parties, please use your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff says the defendant is stiffing him on an awning and shutter job he performed and says she will not pay the money. But the defendant says the guy botched the job, it leaks, and she's not paying a penny. It's the case of shutter bugged. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Okay, Mr. Schneller, you are suing on behalf of your company, Dodo Craft? Dodo Craft Co., yes, Dodo Craft Co. That is... Uh, Go ahead. I'm dying to it's know. In, it's in honor of my uh, grandmother. We used to call her... Uh, her name was Doris. We used to call her Grandma Dodo. Grandma Dodo. All right. You're suing on behalf of your company, Ms. Uh, Kyra Kiefer, for not paying you for a job that you did, and you're... Defense to that is that the job was poorly done. But let me hear first from Mr. Schneller. Go ahead and tell me what you were hired to do. Yes, Your Honor. My sister reached out to me asking for me to uh, give a quote to one of her coworkers um, for a set of shutters. She wanted some board and batten shutters, getting some work done on the house. And uh, so I, I sent back a, a general quote for that. She said that it sounded great. Um, and then she asked for a quote for replacing an awning that she also had. So I went up a few weeks later and took some measurements. Okay, were you replacing an awning that was already there? Yes, um, she actually had two awnings. There was one coming off the front of her porch and one coming off of the side. They were all aluminum. They were probably there since the early 90s or so. Okay, was there something wrong with the awning? Um, she was she was changing the color of the house, okay. uh, the siding, and also the roof, and so she just wanted something. Just, it more, was aesthetic, uh, okay. modern. All yeah. right. So, did you ever give her like a proposal about what it is you were going to do that included the size? Yeah. That you so were going to do. There were it? not any specific measurements given, but I did say that I would maximize the size of the awning based. Why on wasn't a specific measurement given? I mean, you look, I'm looking at your operation. You've got, you got me in your, in your workshop. I'm loving looking at your operation. It looks pretty organized. Pretty, why wouldn't you just say the size of the item in, in the quote? Yeah, I, you know, in, in the initial meeting with the defendant, she didn't seem to really have any idea of what exactly she was wanting. So just to say, you know, hey, I'm going to make it as big as possible to replace what's there. Um, well, was, how much smaller than what was already there did it end up being? It ended up being about four inches uh, shorter on both sides. Okay. Now, um, you sent her some renditions. Yes. Okay. Photos given to me by David of the concept. No drawings or measurements ever received or approved. Well, let me ask you, Ms. Kiefer, this is evidence that you provided. Sounds like you were trusting him and you were kind of leaving it up to him. Yes, I would say that's definitely my fault for not having a contract, first of all, with all of the measurements. Unfortunately, all I had were these concept 
drawings, which when I looked at them, I actually thought they were going to be larger than what the original awning was. And so I had no issues of thinking that it was going to be cut short on both sides. Is this a picture of the awning that was there? Yes, that's the original. So what was the problem, Ms. Kiefer? Tell me what your complaints are. So the initial um, response when he was building it was that it looked great. You know, I saw the the cedar wood being put up and and all of that was fine. And um, on the second day when he came out, he installed the metal roofing. And that's when I noticed that it was cut short on both sides. Um, one side was six inches short and the other side was seven inches short. And until it actually rained, I didn't realize, you know, necessarily that rain was going to be an issue. Um, but besides the rain, you'll see um, like a, a rotted old fascia board that's now exposed because he cut the metal roofing too short. Um, it was Wait, I'm, I'm, to... I'm super confused. He cut the black yeah. metal roofing that he installed too short? Yes. So It was supposed to reach all the way to the back? To the ceiling, yes. There shouldn't be this big old gap is what you're saying, right? Correct. Yes. Okay, yes. why is there this gap, Mr. Schneller? Yeah, Your Honor, so actually she was going to be painting that uh, yeah, but even if it there. was painted, I wouldn't want it showing. Why doesn't it just extend all the way back? Why can't it extend? Why can't it be big enough to cover all your lumber? So the uh, fascia board that's shown there that's got the rotting wood and everything, in order for me to extend the metal back, I would have to modify that fascia board cut uh, cut about three quarters of an inch off of it. Um, and this was, uh, this work was completed after the roofers had already done everything and done everything with the flashing. I don't, I don't understand from the beginning. Was this how you planned for it to look, or did you have to adapt and make it look this way? That's what I'm not getting because no one it, would plan to have this big gap there. Yes, your honor. So that was planned to be there. And the conversation Why, that though? I had with well, the conversation that I had with the defendant was that she was going to paint uh, those openings the well, same she's color as her the underside the whole of the Yeah, but even if you painted that, when you say you paint those openings, it still would look weird. So she's denying that this was ever talked about. Do you have this anywhere in writing? It was all in conversation that day so when I was So you have no proof of what you're saying. Everything. Right. You have no proof. Wait, when you're framing, it's too late. You're not, when you're quoting the job and she says, yes, please do it. Uh, I would expect this all to have been discussed beforehand, not while you're doing the job and then saying, hey, we're going to have to do blah, blah, blah. You know, she's already paying you for what she thinks will be a seamless wonder. And instead, all of a sudden, there's this big, you know, area there, which is also a problem with critters. You're going to have wasps and all the other garbage that comes with that when it's not completely covered. And so that's a part of her complaint to you. Wow, I bet your sister wishes she had never put you two together. Are you working with the sister still now? Yes. Is it awkward? We don't discuss this. <laughs> but are you still friends? Yes. That's nice. Are you yeah. still yeah, talking I, to I'm your sister? To separate. Mr. Schneller, are you still <laughs> talking to your sister? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, this good. is not her fault in yeah, the this least. This is why I don't yeah. recommend anybody ever. What did he say to you when he's installing and says, oh, it's going to have to end here. It's going to What does he say to you? So I came home from work on the second day after he had, you know, installed the metal roofing and the structure is like an eighth of an inch off to where that metal roofing could have fit all the way to the ceiling. 
And so what he tried to do was he actually tried to chip away. You'll see in my photos, I circled kind of like a, a zoomed in picture of that cove. And he basically tried to chip away at that board in order to slide it up, but it actually did not work. So if he would have built the structure like literally an eighth of an inch lower, that roofing would have slid all the way to the top and completely enclosed that whole surface. Yeah. How much did you pay him? So far, I paid him nothing. Nothing. Okay. And that's why he's suing you because he wants uh, his labor. Did you rip the whole thing down? No, it's all still there. All right. And what is your intent? My intent is to completely remove it and have someone um, do it correctly. And according to you, it was structurally unsound, correct? Yes. I hired engineering and they came out and did a full analysis and found that it was not structurally sound. Um, The two by four cedar support beam that he used, he connected it with two wood screws, which is not code. Um, And then the connection of the cedar support beam to the actual columns were found deficient as well. Um, Your Honor, at some point, if I may uh, make a comment about code. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so I reached out to the Cincinnati Municipal Code Enforcement Office and I have references to what this structure is, and uh, it does meet what it is that the, uh, the, the municipal code requires. Okay, I don't know what that means. Do you have an opinion by an official from the city that this is structurally sound? Is that what you're saying? Yes, from the, from the Cincinnati Municipal Code itself. I have no, 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 spe- that's your interpretation of a code. Uh, what I'm, listen, I gotta be honest with you. Yeah, she had me at that big, disgusting gap. She had me at that. You should have built it lower so you could slide the whole thing. Well, what, did you, what did you think? That she was going to pay for that and have the gap? Ah, just smack some paint on it and paint it. I mean, come on. This is a problem. Well, Your Honor, I, it's not only a problem because you're not going to get paid. It's a problem because you're going to pay. Because now she has to rip it down. So she, on your, your lawsuit against her, zero. And on her claim against you, I'm not Honor, going to. No, no, I'm done. And so are you. On her claim against you, time with prospective contractors, no. No, you don't get that, all right? But you do get the cost to remove the awning and you do get the structural analysis report that you had to get in order to be able to prove your case as a cost of your case. I'm finding in your favor in the amount of $1,045. Mr. Schneller, have you learned anything from this? Uh, yeah, from, from this point on, you know, regardless of family or friends or family friends or or anything, you know, just being, I've been much more specific with contracts. I've put in, you know, this may get wet in the rain if it is an outdoor structure. Um, So, but yeah, just, you know, learn some things to be able to move forward. So. Well, good for you. All right. All is not lost then for you. Uh, Let me ask you, Ms. Kiefer, have you learned something from this? Yes, I will definitely be there on the spot with watching every move for sure. Then you've learned something too. Good for you. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for this case. Harvey? Doug, this is just another example, and I'll say it simply and quickly. Pictures and photos are king in court. They tend to prove the concept, the maxim, a picture is worth a thousand words. By the way, so is a video. Judges, what is the statute of limitations for trying to get your money back after you are awarded a judgment? 
So it depends on the state. Every state has a different rule about that. Some states it's 10 years, some states it's 20, some states it's 10, and then you can renew it for another 10 by applying to the court. So you have to check the the state that you belong to. You're right. It varies. You got to check the laws in your own state. And if you can renew it by going back to court and filing an affidavit, explaining, hey, I can't find this guy. I'm a hot cup of coffee behind him. Or he just never has any money. Or he's never (laughs) had any money. (laughs) He hasn't paid and I can't, you know. Then you might be able to renew it indefinitely, right? Yeah, it's a problem for them. So your objective is to get paid. Then you want it out there as long as possible. Exactly. This is the plaintiff. Virginia Goodwine. She says she purchased a car from the defendant and the thing died in the middle of the street three days later. The defendant tried fixing it. She was without a car for three months and is now suing for the $3,585.34 she had to pay in rental car fees and Uber. This is the defendant, John C. McFarland. He says the plaintiff purchased a car from him, and she discovered there was an engine recall by the manufacturer, and she got a brand new engine for free. Now she's suing him for Ubers? Come on. He's accused of unloading a clunker. All parties, please raise your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff bought a car from the defendant, says the clunker broke down in the middle of traffic, and she wants a refund. But the defendant says the woman should be happy because she got a whole new engine installed for free due to a recall, and he doesn't owe her a thing. It's the case of hoopty, no can do. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Okay, Ms. Goodwine, you are suing Embassy Auto Incorporated, represented here by Mr. McFarland, for $3,585 in Uber and Lyft and rental costs, plus $1,000 in repair over a car that you bought from his business. Tell me what happened here. Um, I actually had the car three days and the vehicle stopped mid-traffic. We were literally in traffic driving and it just shut down. Um, I called Chauncey immediately. I let him know. We had to basically use the tire in between someone else's car to get it to my home. Um, it would not start after that for three days. Um, Chauncey has stated for those three days, I'll be out there with a the battery. We'll try to jump it and see what's going on. He was like, I have no idea. We ran through it. There's definitely nothing wrong. Did you test drive this car before you bought it? No, because this was the third vehicle through Chauncey. What difference does that make? That I, I never had an opportunity to test drive. Why? I don't understand. You make your own opportunity to test drive. Did you test drive any of the other vehicles? I did. I had. So why wouldn't you vehicle. test drive this one? I didn't have an opportunity. I See, don't understand. When you got the vehicle, the did vehicle you, wasn't even here. According to you, Mr. McFarland, she drove the thing for a month, correct? Before she, before she complained about anything. Is that right? Yes. When did she get this vehicle in question? She got this vehicle December 3rd. All right. And then she comes to you in mid-January and tells you that there's a problem. That's the first time you hear there's a problem? Yes. She's saying that it stopped in the middle of traffic. I told her I would be out to jump the car. In the meantime, I provided her with my shop car until we figured out what was wrong with the car. And then when do you Uh, figure out what's wrong with the car? She had my shop car about a week. So four days after. And what was it you found that was wrong with the car? The mechanic said that she might have inadvertently put it in uh, the neutral because it's uh, two different types of shift. You can put it in manual drive and you can put it in regular drive. So they're thinking that she might have put it in manual drive. 
but they weren't able to find any shortage in the alternator or any shortage in the battery. So what they do, how did they repair the car then? They didn't repair the car. Okay. The alternator was fully charged in. So they didn't do any repairs because there was nothing wrong with it. Is that correct? Correct. And then then you give her back the car. Correct. And you take back your shop car. And then when does she call you again? A couple weeks later. And says? She was saying that she had took it to the mechanic to the mechanic twice she had it told and that she had a di- diagnostic saying that something was wrong with the engine all right you tell me saying about that, that the- miss goodwine when did that happen i reached out to new york state dmv at the very beginning when i called Chauncey to let him know i needed the paperwork for whatever work was done he had stated to me that they okay and what did dmv do they asked me to reach out to Chauncey personally he was like they should work with you for the engine at this point because we've already gone through it what engine Chauncey wait stop 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 what are you talking about the engine they had gotten the vehicle diagnosed the new york state dmv had forced them to get the vehicle diagnosed at that point because i put in a complaint and and that once it was diagnosed it was the same as what i had from Jim. just Thomas a second what you what you're what you're not telling me is that somebody discovers that there's a recall on your engine Absolutely. Kia Motors discovered the recall. How he old is this car? 2012. All right. And so Kia Motors discovers there's a recall. What does that mean? You mm-hmm. took it to Kia? No, I, I took it to Kia. Why did you take it to Kia? How did you find out there was a recall? Well, at first, when Miss Goodwine had the complaint, um, the DMV reached out to me and told me that either I resolved the matter or it would escalate. And I didn't want it to escalate, so I said, "I fine, I'll take well, care of well, it." I, I, okay, so everybody's happy until they're not. When did Ms. Goodwine become unhappy after that? I was unhappy in the entire time. The entire time, because Correct. she was, mm-hmm. you're taking $1,588 worth of Ubers. Literally, I have three children, I work full time, and we're in COVID. So I'm forced to get an XL Uber. I, outside of work, when I explained to Chauncey, like the first issue we had when I didn't have the car, I'm like, I can't afford this. I do Uber. I do Lyft. I do Grubhub. Oh, you I do, do Uber? You're an Uber driver? Yes. My personal, I personally do this. So I'm like, now you're causing me to not only spend money, but I'm missing money at this point. So I, we need to come to some type of median. And it took me almost three weeks just to get in contact with Chauncey, calling through other people. I reached out to my financing company. Where's your proof that you have uh, $1,500 in Uber? Um, I sent all of my Uber. Well, I'm looking at your, what you've sent of Uber and, um, and the ones that are normally like over $15, those are XL. So you'll notice I have my kids with me on those trips. So here's what it comes down to. Did he breach something about the contract you have with him that would cause him to be responsible for paying your Uber and Lyft costs, your rental car, and your repairs to the tune of $1,000? So let's look at your paperwork for the sale of this car. Your warranty is implied warranties only. This means the dealer does not make any specific promises to fix things that need repair when you buy the vehicle or after the time of sale. But state law implied warranties may give you some rights to have the dealer take care of serious problems that were not apparent when you bought the vehicle. I don't know how anything could be apparent if you don't even test drive it, but okay, fine. So that means anything that is covered by New York law, you have coverage on. And what do we know 
that was wrong with your car? The engine. You got a brand new engine. That's the only thing you'd get under a warranty. So you can't whine about the engine because you got a brand new engine on your nine-year-old car. And he put it in. So that, that you can't complain about. You got very lucky that there was a recall. And I know you drove the car for some amount. The car was drivable, even if though you didn't test drive it, because I know your first complaint doesn't happen until a couple of weeks after you pick it up. So you've got to understand that you bought a nine-year-old car and the only thing you get are the protections you paid for. There is nothing in the law that would require this man to pay for your Ubers or your rental or any of your repairs. I'm, I'm happy for you. You are a woman who stands up for her rights, and I love that. There's nothing I love more than that. So here's where we are. I find that based on what has been put in front of me, there is nothing that this defendant breached that is guaranteed under New York law that would cause him to have to pay $3,585 to the plaintiff. I am ruling in favor of the defendant. Well, I'm sure the defendant feels better now because he's okay. He's in the clear. Ms. Goodwine, the plaintiff, on the other hand, I don't think you're too happy, are you? I'm a little frustrated. I mean, I'm a single mom. I put a lot of finances into this, and he wasn't an honest individual from the jump. That's kind of how I find myself in this situation, but I'm blessed regardless. All right, Mr. McFarland, how do you feel about it? Did you you think you were going to win this case or not? Absolutely, because I complied with everything that the DMV said. Um, You know, there was a recall that was done on the engine. So that was beneficial to both me and the client. So I was able to accommodate her and I was able to get out of the clear with anything that that would arise in the future. Yeah, that's for sure. All right. Well, congratulations. Good for you. All right, Harvey. So, Doug, a lot of people don't know this, but even if you buy a used car, you can still demand a warranty to protect yourself. And if the other person hedges and says, no, I'm not going to give you a warranty, should make you think twice about whether this is the right car for you. Would you choose to read people's minds if you could? If there were a hall of fame or or a pantheon for just bad ideas... (laughs) That would be the Mac Daddy of all bad ideas. That would be the worst thing we could have. I mean, just imagine, you would forfeit every little bit, every little shred of humanity that you had if people knew ahead of time what was in your what was in your head, what were you thinking. You'd have no privacy. It would be horrendous. It would be like social media. You're right. It'd be a lot like social media. That's right. why I don't where, get involved in social Where my media. kids will just post every single thing, including what they're eating and what right. they're thinking, what they're feeling, and then they feel like they have no privacy. Exactly.